Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are... Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Femme Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we're talking about 1982's The Slayer as picked by Scott, which I will say right out the gate, there has never been a movie that is saved more by the bookends of yeah. it than The Slayer. <laughs> it's true. If you want to know why I picked this movie, it's literally the last two minutes. <laughs> I, was, I was on the hunt for a Christmas horror movie that we haven't done and it was a uh, very close race between this and to all a good night mm. i haven't ever hadn't ever watched this before so i thought i'd seen the last i saw the last two minutes i saw the monster and i was like yeah yeah that sounds Definitely. good to me i'm gonna say something <laughs> that that might somewhat also be someone's double feature if they're a masochist so i won't say any names but a couple weeks ago, we covered a different movie and kept talking about how, like, the elements of a good movie were there, but they just fucked it up the whole way. And I feel like mm -hmm. this movie is way closer <laughs> to yes. what that movie could and should have been in my eyes. Which which one are you talking about, Matt? I actually I'm talking don't... about Humongous. Oh, like, Humongous. I guess it does kind of give the same feel. Yeah. People trapped on an island, being stalked by a weird monster, no one believes any, but, like... It just, I was and like, there are yes, only four is, deaths, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, they're doing this right. Something that I did not anticipate when I did research for this movie, Scott, 
was that there would be a full paragraph in Wikipedia called critical analysis. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, is it does it reference House of Psychotic Women at all? No. No. Because it feels like okay, okay. I it's, was I was like that feels like the only entry point to critical analysis. But I'm intrigued now. It what's, says what's this the... is what the paragraph said. It said the Slayer has received critical attention from film scholars and horror enthusiasts due to its ambiguous sensibilities, with mm. part of its narr- narrative being told in a non chronological order, allowing for multiple mutually exclusive interpretations supported by various different elements within the script. The core events of the film occur on the island have been noted by critics for their dubious nature, as they can alternatively be interpreted in three ways. One, the events which take place are entirely part of a dream or a premonition. Uh, two, a monstrous creature, in fact, exists on this island and is responsible for all of the murders. Or three, the characters of Kay or Marsh are responsible for the killings. However, the script mm-hmm. does not resolve these fundamental this fundamental issue, instead referring back into itself. Additionally, each of the characters in the film foreshadow their own deaths within the dialogue, which all occurs in the film's first act. So I guess you need to watch it twice is what I'm getting from that, but apparently... I did notice the ambiguity of it all. Uh, I didn't necessarily like think... I wasn't like trying to figure it out necessarily. I think there was like maybe... There was like maybe a stretch in there where I was thinking that one of the people that was part of this group. I don't actually don't even want to like spoil it. Cause I think it is an interesting watch. Like I, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with it, but there was like a moment in time where I was thinking that it was one person in the group and sort of following that track. But then ultimately I was like, I guess it doesn't really matter. Some of the kills were pretty, like the kills were pretty fun. Dude, like, the, the decapitation yeah. is like, cause I saw Dude. that this was a video nasty yeah. and I was like, yep, that would do it. Like that, that scene is so long and the, drawn um, out. Like the pitchfork in the chest was, surprisingly well done because like it go it's practical and they somehow figured out a way and i don't know how they did it they figured out a way to retract the pitchfork from her chest and have it start bleeding which in a single take really which is in a single take yeah Yeah. i don't know how they did it um it's very obvious the way they did a couple other things i was very very because like i said i only knew the last two minutes of this movie going into it um i mean i knew the the conceit of the movie and i knew that there's a monster at the end um yeah mm-hmm. i was very impressed like for so this movie is relatively slow the pacing is not yeah my cup of tea but that said this movie is 89 minutes so yeah it also kind of cooks in a certain way like it when it's slow it's not slow for more than a couple minutes at a time um and the kind of fever dream feeling that it has just kept me going i don't i I mean it's not something i would rewatch, but it's it's it's, worth the it's worth the discussion it's worth watching on tubi um for sure uh so a couple quick things from the wikipedia page uh, in the trivia or uh, on the IMDb trivia, like we said, the pitchfork murder was done in a single take. Um, both the fisherman sequence was added in the middle of production. It was not in the original script. They just were like, "Hey, we need to throw another kill in here." That dude should have been Dick Miller. Yeah, oh, should have uh, been Dick Miller. <laughs> couldn't also, believe it wasn't. Slight spoiler: Like Kyle said, you should probably watch this. I, I think all three of us would say it's on Tubi. It's free. Maybe watch it. And um, it's not an hour you, and a half. <laughs> yeah. The original ending actually had Kay being killed by the monster, and that was it. 
the little girl ending at the end was added after they had already wrapped the film. Really? I like it Which better. is very interesting. I, yeah, I really like the ending because um, I don't really enjoy time travel movies. You know, we've talked about that before, that it, it the logic really breaks down as soon as you start to give it multiple options. Like, truly, I think that Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You are some of the only ones that have really been truly entertaining (laughs) i mean i liked totally killer but at the same time it really is just playing real fast and loose um with the the rules so but with this i saw it i did not see it as um that there was a killer on the uh on the island i thought that it read very obviously that she was a precog and that she was either so there i see two endings to this movie um and this might be a stretch but the the first ending the one that i'd give 60 percent to you know a little bit more weight to is that the entire movie is a dream that she's having in the past um Mm. so that would mean that if she was i don't know 28 in 82 let's just say that's 1962 yeah we're seeing Um, christmas morning 1962 about 20 years earlier And she wakes up and she has this premonition. That's cool. I think that's really cool. That's why I give it a little bit I more I also weight. think that that's weirdly horrific to spend 20 years knowing, knowing in that's detail how, how you and your yeah. friends are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's really great. Um, but also that it makes me wonder if she is stuck in a loop where she eventually forgets the reality of it, the trauma mm. of it, and then it's like... So that, that that brings me to the to the other possibility, which the is... The concept that it refers back into itself almost. Well, <laughs> no, that the entire movie is in the present, present as in 1982. Um, and that when she has that memory of, um, you know, Christmas morning 20, let's just call it 20 years earlier, those are her dying thoughts so she is actually being murdered by the creature that lives on the island but since she's a precog she kind of knew it all along and this is her uh, her brain being like see told you 20 years ago shouldn't have done this um but it kind of also that's horrific in itself because it's almost like she it's an inevitability yeah yeah so i mean i I think the movie concept is cool i really like it that's cool Um, i did too I i had i had fun with this watch I want to break the conversation of the Slayer for a second to talk about a thing that's usually Scott's uh, wheelhouse, but one of the commercials I got on Tubi yeah. I absolutely had to talk about, which was, did either one of you get the spam commercial for spam and a taco? No. No. It was literally just someone grilling up and spam. Yours. Yeah. They were grilling up spam, and then it said, spam? And then he put the meat on a taco shell, and they said, on a taco? Pork fervor. Oh. <laughs> wow, I'm so. Oh no. You know, I it's it's so funny. I was about to to put an addendum onto that and say that Tubi really doesn't know much about me, which is good, um, because they the the ads that I saw were for buying cars <laughs> and um, dick pills. Now Ooh. I understand oh. that I'm getting a lot of dick pill ads and i want the algorithms to know i don't need them um <laughs> you tell them yeah you tell the algorithms hymns it works you're fine. wasting hey, money on algorithms yeah it's like <laughs> his dick is fine 
Ask anybody. <laughs> Ask anybody. We're right here. We'll tell you his dick's fine. We've all roomed with him. We know. It's fine. Leave but, him alone. You know, so the algorithm might have that wrong about me, but it didn't give me a spam commercial. So I'm almost like, fuck, they kind of get me. So do they do they know us better than we know? Yeah. Ourselves? Oh no. Do, do we know is, that Matt Kelly's going to buy spam? To be precognitive, precognitive, and knows that I'm going to need dig pills. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Remember when you watched The Slayer? Uh, so, not tw- no twenty <laughs> days ago. <laughs> now you need so, dick pills. <laughs> Hims.com. So, you know, th- not a sponsor. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot that we can talk about in this movie that is pretty well done. We said that the pacing's a little rough. The kills are great. Mm-hmm. There are still moments in this movie that scream that this is someone's first film. Um, mm-hmm. He was one working of the biggest, at, a, at, a, at a liquor store. At a liquor store yeah. and just pitched the movie to somebody. And it's they amazing. said, sure, we'll That's do it. That's the best. Yeah. That's yeah. a dream come when true for that, you, boy. I was like, Kyle, <laughs> is this the precognition for you? But, but there's Dude, if my first movie is like The Slayer, I'll be happy. That's fine. There's three things that I wrote down that are like, that just scream like first time director issues. And the first one is when she wakes up from the opening scene, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. is great. The opening scene is phenomenal. So she's just walking around this weird room. The claws grab her face and she wakes up. Love but it. the angle that they shot her husband makes no sense with her eyeline. Like no. it it's it's shot in a way that like if you were if you were a student of film, you'd be like, oh, this is showing the power dynamic that the husband has over her, like making her feel s- small. But it's like, well, that's not really it's not really him in this movie that much. And also no, it's not. like yeah. it doesn't line up with like she's already sitting up in bed. So like, why is it like a down low angle? Stare I got a few like, Matt, I figured it out. things. Kyle, you're going to feel so stupid for not figuring this out before me because, you know, I didn't go to film school. Um, right, right, right. They're infantilizing her because oh. that le- lends credence to the end of the movie that she's yeah. having a precognitive exper- experience. Oh, right, and dad and mom yes, are all... exactly. Okay. All right. Okay. Actually, this guy right? is a genius. This guy's, oh. So the now other you one feel that silly, I had... don't you? Yeah. The other thing yeah. I had to laugh at is yeah. around that same opening scene, I think it's David. It's David or Eric. One of them is shaving in the mirror, and he cuts, and there's just this giant violin sting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like oh, this is no. important Blood. to anything. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I wrote down was towards the end of the movie... Kay is walking around the island. She's finding all the corpses. Mm-hmm. But the way she finds Eric's corpse is that she's walking on a dock and sees like a tiny piece of paper or something like lodged in the dock. And then as she picks it up, she's staring at it for a couple seconds and then jumps back. And there's just a bloated corpse directly next to her that whole time. Just, the whole like, time. This, she walked this, right by it. It's like this is the strangest way anyone has ever found a corpse in a in a horror movie night pick for quite well, a while i must say it's 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 almost got the kyle vibe to it where he picks movies where they have to jump over somebody and ignore yeah, right. them it's, this just happens to be a dead body yes it's a dead alive. body not a yeah. live body um yeah they're just jumping over logic leaps yeah oh nice very nice but then like i said you're, you're right the pacing in this not great concept is pretty strong the mm-hmm. kills though let's talk about these kills because this is what's keeping us Bro. watching the movie for and the there's most part. only four of them there's only four yeah. of them, but man, are all, they good. All of them, top notch. Top notch. Dude, for yeah. the most part. Fi- Maybe the, the last one, the last one is well, whatever. Well, think about but... the flare to the gut as a, as the way to go out. That would fucking Jesus. suck. 
and that the sucks. and I think the flare to the I actually like the flare gun death because mm-hmm. of how instantaneously it bursts into like a full blown yeah, fire. He had a lot afterwards. of BS that night. Um, but no, there's five. Shut up. There's five, possibly six, if you're considering K dying because the fisherman gets oh. it in the face with that. Oh, I forgot about or, the fisherman. And, and that, that is pretty intense too. Was gnarly. Yeah, that yeah. that close up of his face, like it's a split second. But whatever prop but head that effective. they got to hit broke real nice when they hit mm-hmm. it with that paddle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about, I mean, the Dave's decapitation one is just insane. Like, mm-hmm. he's just dangling up there, feet hanging while keeps cutting to the close-up of his head, like, and then And then his pajama pants are getting bloodier. I, it felt oh, yeah. almost shallow. Like, the, the way that yeah. he was shot was pretty, pretty artistic. And I was yeah. It made me think impressed. of another movie that I'm going to hold off on saying in case it's someone's double feature, but... uh that was really rough. And then another potential double fi- feature here, but there's a fishing hook into the neck. In yes. Yeah. And, and trust me, I considered it and I am going to avoid that because it is not seasonally appropriate. Fair. Well, then someone gets a blood hook in the neck. And that would save the night, though. It's way more of what I so... wanted from Blood Hook. Like the, yeah. like the absurdity of how drawn out that was. I was like, this is. Why I don't love Bloodhook that much. I would think that one's that one's rough for me to watch because yeah. it's like I, I you know I've gotten a, you know I've gotten a hook I've had a friend get a hook in the eyelid before. Oh, oh Jesus then, but Christ! The, sorry, sorry, I should have warned you. But then more than anything, it's like the trying to like grab the fishing line and how that night like how that feels in your hand and like you just can't like oh God. As soon as he so said rough. that he was gonna, his wife said. Are you going to uh, Brooke? Her name's Brooke. I'm so sorry. Um, it's really easy to remember people's names when there are four when people. There's like four, um, four people. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I still don't know them. That's okay. Brooke <laughs> is Eric's wife, so she's the yep. sister-in-law of Kay, and she goes, um, "Are you taking your fishing, uh, fishing gear or gear. whatever?" And he goes, mm-hmm. and "He goes," or maybe she says, "Are you going to be fishing out there?" And he goes, "Yeah." And she says, "Of course you are." And I'm like, "Oh." He's dying via fish hook. Yeah. Um, I knew yeah. it. I just just a, just such an obvious Chekhov's gun almost. Um, I just thought that that was really fun because, you know, I I do like that in horror movies where they, you know, they set it up. They're like, well, this this person is gonna get it this way, and then they give it <laughs> to you because so much of horror really is predictable anyway. So at least like. If you prime your audience, they get to yeah. enjoy it more because they're like, okay, when's yes. it going to happen? Oh, that was fun. Right. We knew it was coming. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I no, that's something the, to be said about that. The other big thing is that this movie is the total opposite of Watchers 3 last week <laughs> in that we don't see this monster nearly enough. The like three no. seconds that we get to see Not this enough. creature's face and shit. Scoopy. I'm just like, this thing is so good. Look, like, this looks so good. Yeah, it's well, on even the cover. The, the, yeah, they, well, they're like, we got to get our money's worth out of it. Um, and you know, for what it is, I mean, I, I like that it has no mythology. No. It's just, it's mm-hmm. basically no. some it sort. Exist. This is like an SCP entry waiting to be written, with you know, like flashbacks, time, like almost like time travel, but not forgotten memories and some sort of unknown creature. It'd be, it'd be fantastic. Um, but I could not get over just how pussy everything was. It was nice and gross. You know, like at the, in the very first scene, she gets choked by those hands and there's 
fake pus all over them. And I'm like, now that is a great monster because yeah. it's gross. Like I think that monsters mm-hmm. are very sterile in a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, they have a lot of teeth and claws are going to kill you. But if you think about it, you cross a werewolf with a zombie and that's a good monster because you have something that has that predatory instinct but also something that can infect you or is gross like like you get that kind of germophobia um yeah. which will mm-hmm. definitely play into my um what did we watch what did i read um mm. at the end of the episode it's probably also why it's on my mind but i really liked how goopy he was it yeah we don't know what no. it's, we don't know what it was i would love to see them do something more with this monster uh, it's a real bummer that this yeah. movie is something that no one's really fucking heard of. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll get the HMN effect, you guys. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are... Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Femme Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. I'm Rob. And I'm Jason Michael. And we are the hosts here at The Spoiler Sleepover. Where every Sunday we spoil a horror movie from opening to closing credits. We cover everything from the latest blockbusters. To the golden oldies. And and everything everything in between. So come on and grab your sleeping bag and join us at the Spoiler Sleepover. You can follow us on Instagram at Spoiler Sleepover and check us out on Spotify and Google Podcasts. We can't give we can't give it the HMN bump, but what we can do is give a bump to a few other movies. Scott, what would your double feature be on this bad boy? All right, so I don't know if we mentioned that this movie ends so strangely as wake up k it's christmas morning then it's like because you know like she's got the, the black cat that eventually ends up in the freezer because of that i was kind of veering towards another movie that we've really done recently um that also is kind of inexplicably christmas as well night killer uh, yeah. because oh, wow, Night yeah. Killer, the last scene, the little shit daughter finds the she opens her presents too early and she finds the Night Killer mask in it. Yeah. 
That's God, great. I forgot about Night Killer already. How is what? that possible? That movie... I think I know. about that movie so weekly. Good. That's my new Roman <laughs> Empire, guys. Yeah. Uh, how about how about you, Kyle? What's your double feature? Can I give you Can I give you the two that were sure. are not seasonally appropriate that I thought about immediately? <laughs> um, I still know what you did last summer. Uh, was because they were on this island. They were oh, on this oh, island then, yeah. that the storm just comes in, and sure. they're like, "What do we not think about? The storm like, wasn't we shouldn't go to this island." Bad in this one. No, the, the storm the, was the harbinger was like, "It's gonna be mm. a bad storm." I loved the harbinger yeah. in this, by the way. Uh, yeah, I didn't yes. mention yeah, that, he was he great. great. He was great. Uh, and then I thought mutilator too, but then mutilator was on my list. I, fall fall break, fall break. but <laughs> not season. Uh, more seasonally appropriate, but still not seasonally appropriate. But. Ultimately, the, one of the more interesting things about this movie was I was like, oh, these are all adult people. Like, they're, it's mm-hmm. a kind of, it's like slasher-y, but it's clearly adult people who are, like, have relationships and, and complicated relationships or built upon relationships. I was thinking, let's scare Jessica to death. Also Ooh. slow as hell, mm-hmm. but we have this sort of, like, woman who's having these questions about her mental state and, and everybody's sort of tiptoeing around her, but also like trying to help and all this stuff. So I, I thought that it might, uh, and it's still foggy and, and nice. That's a, it's that's nice. a really good double feature. Now I yeah. thematically, I don't know if it would be a very watchable double feature. I don't know if it would be either, but it would be. I would live. I would be very happy. With hey, it. we should it's also pimp the, the fact that you're, um, we should, we should, Put a little bump yeah, you got out a there. Music for, video based. Yeah, on based on I do. I mean, film. that's why I love. I mean, that's not why, but I do love that movie so much that I did a, a music video homage to it for Magana for uh, Jenny. Don't leave is the name of their song, and it was one of the first music videos that I did. Uh, so that so we got to go to the, some of the locations and stuff, and it was a good time. So uh, it's a great song too. So yeah. that was lots of fun. So if you like, let's scare Jessica to death, or don't. If you like me, you can watch. <laughs> you can go watch that music video and hire him um, to do music videos for you. Yes, yes, please. please. I'd love to do some more. So I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to give this the same double feature I gave Humongous. Uh, American Gothic, <laughs> bunch of yeah. bunch of I mean, friends I, trapped yeah. on an island getting killed. The other thing that I thought of though is David dangling in the attic made me think of Hereditary. Actually, where she's ah, yeah sawing her Genre, neck off with the uh, the wire. Now that would um, be a brutal double feature. That's that a truly brutal double feature. That is a movie that again I've said a million times. Great movie. One Don't know if I will ever 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 watch it again. Everyone's favorite segment, mostly because I get to sing some four non blondes for a quick second. But hey, what's going on? Um, we don't have anything big coming up in the near future as the time of this episode dropping, but you can always check out our online store. You can find it on hmnpodcast.com. Takes you straight to our store, Envy. Uh, buy some t shirts, buy some merch from us. Or if you really like our conversations and wish you could hear more of it, patreon.com backslash hmnpodcast. And lastly, just follow us on social media. Our Facebook page is bumping at all times. So find the Horror Movie Night podcast group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. We're very friendly. And now we've got one more thing left to do. You hinted at this earlier. Uh, what have you read recently? So I um, I crushed a book in maybe 30 hours which was crazy for me i could not put it down it's called sister maiden monster by a a writer named lucy a snyder and it is pandemic horror lovecraftian horror and body horror um and it is super super fun It, it it reads so easy and I'm reading it and it does the thing where it doesn't tell you 
what city this is happening in, but I'm reading it and I'm like, I'm, I mean, she does mention that it's Midwestern and I'm like, this feels like she's hinting at either Chicago or Cleveland or Pittsburgh. Um, she's from Columbus. So uh, Columbus, Ohio writer um, who I would love to meet sometime. She's awesome. She's got like five other books. She's a Bram Stoker award winner. She won the Shirley Jackson award once too. I can't wait to read the next thing from her. I mean, not the next thing that she comes out with because this book came out maybe seven or eight months ago at this point. So it's relatively new. Um, I just need to find some more stuff by her. Um, I'm just, this winter, I'm just going to try and crush a book every two weeks if I can. Um, I have made myself an insane list of like 40 books because um, TikTok algorithm knows that I'm looking for horror books now. And so it's feeding me so much stuff. And this is the second thing that I, um, that I picked up off of, uh, that I picked off of my long list and uh, highly, highly recommend it. Um, the funniest part about the whole experience was um, I went to her, her Instagram because I was going to, you know, comment and say, like, I love the book, blah, blah, blah. Um, she really is only, she posted at the end of February when the book came out. Um, she doesn't really use Instagram and that's totally fine. Um, and I commented on her post about the book coming out. And I was like, loved it, killed it in a couple of days, you know, in a day and a half, whatever. Um, and some dude was like, I wanted to like it. I really wanted to like it, but, you know, it was just too much man bashing and i'm thinking like do you not understand how characters character writing works um it's like a female-led novel the character motivations are there it's not like if you're also, feeling like men are awful so, i mean there's like, that but, <laughs> but it was just so funny to me because it's like you can't separate the artist from the art in that sense and i'm not saying anything negative about separating the artist from the art or the inverse i just mean like there's a difference between lovecraft being a fucking shithead and you know mm -hmm. like being like okay well he's been dead for you know 100 years it's okay to read his stuff now versus i'm not gonna read neo-nazi li literature um and then in the inverse right. being like you know i'm 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 offended by this book because it's female main characters are critical of the men in the, the, the book because the, the men are written like shitheads I mean like it's not every yeah. single man in the book it's literally the the characters that they like some of the characters that are interacted with but the funnier thing is he goes mm -hmm. it's really hard to find horror books that don't have a left wing slant to him and I wanted to be like bro did you miss the boat and forget that horror is very queer and very very progressive so yeah it's just so funny when this happens because it happens a lot i want to know what what is the what is their favorite thing that makes them say that? like if they like horror they like violence against women yeah they like they like death and murder um right. scott i'm gonna bounce right Terrifier off of that is great because sorry. yeah there <laughs> we go i'm not uh, sorry <laughs> so i'm gonna jump in with my what did i watch because it seems to synchronize with your book right away the marvel's really fun <laughs> the Marvels is just a plain old getting fun movie. Getting the same kind of negative reaction, and though. Getting the same kind of negative reaction. And you know what's my favorite thing about the Marvels, Scott? It's an hour and 40 minutes. Like, Hell yeah. It is nice. the shortest Marvel movie that they've ever produced. Really? And the it's, shortest? Yeah. It's shorter than like the Iron shortest. Man? Yeah. Wow. It's shorter than Iron Man. It's literally like without the... Once you get to the credits, it's been a smooth like 90 minutes. Ooh, like it's, I, it's I great. Wait. It's fun. It's light. Like... I know that Jonathan did an episode on it and he mostly liked it. And he pointed out some stuff that I guess makes sense that like 
this movie was longer and they trimmed it down in an effort to like get more show times with it. Like it was like one of those oh, like okay. well a two hour movie can only play this many times at the box oh, office, but a ninety like minute two movie more can... plays a day or that. But you know. I think that he was looking at it through that knowledge. I didn't have that knowledge. The movie felt easy, breezy, lemon squeezy to me. Like I was just <laughs> and I enjoying think that the that's whole ride. What we need. You know, like yeah. I didn't say anything about Loki season two. I loved it. It was so good. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't like time travel. I don't know why I like yeah. Loki season two Lo- so much. Loki handles it well. And I also just want to give a quick shout out because this is going to be either people are going to be all in on this movie or it's not their sense of humor. But literally today I watched the Please Don't Destroy movie that dropped on Peacock. Oh, yeah. And if you're a fan of Please Don't Destroy from their SNL sketches, like jump on board. You're going to have an absolute fucking blast. Um, it's just in the exact same vein as all their other sketches. Very frenetic random and quick snappy dialogue uh so i have i had to seek it out on peacock which seems insane because it came out friday directly on peacock so i have a feeling that they're not pushing it or promoting it on their own Mm. app which is even more confusing because i watch snl on peacock so it should be like (laughs) they don't have an algorithm algorithm. (laughs) peacock doesn't have an algorithm (laughs) (laughs) but all right kyle how about you send us home uh, I've been listening to a lot of music. I, um, I've been trying to go through my like to listen playlist on Spotify. You know, any new release or something that comes out that I really want to get into, I'll add to this playlist. But that playlist sometimes just gets long. So I a uh, couple, couple albums just because uh, I can and it'll be quick. Ken Mode put out an album called Void that I fucking love. Metal and hardcore mm-hmm. together. Four to six minute songs, but like metal driven with hardcore sensibilities and i just think that i like really really love that uh and then um crimes and stereo put out an album and i was never still around so i think it's their first album like 13 years that sounds about right because i listened to them in college so crime and stereo was never on my radar but it was like one of those bands that was in the conversation with a lot of other bands i listened to Mm -hmm. right and like did they share (laughs) members or something uh, I don't. I don't know who else was in that band. Um, to be honest with you, um, I again, I didn't know. I don't know. I don't think I ever listened to them. But this album that came out, I love. It's like it feels like it feels like if Connor Oberst and Bright Eyes just went like heavier emo. Like, did you ever listen to Desaparecidos? Like, I never got into them because that's kind again, of what you're like asking big... for. That's like okay, Connor and which is doing... which is Oberst, yeah. yeah. So I, I maybe I'll have to revisit because I, I was, I mean, I still am a big Connor Oberst fan, but it was mostly Bright Eyes mm-hmm. and then solo stuff, right? Or um, with the Mystic Valley Band or mm, yeah. whatever. Like, I didn't really get into Monsters of Folk or any sort of the other offshoots. But I lo- the Crime and Stereo album, like... What's it called? I mean, I don't know. It's... Uh, House and Trances, I think it's yes, said. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I just Googled Tran- it very yeah. quickly. Yeah, and it's it's great. Pensioner is, like, the first track off of it, and it's just, like, oh, like, it comes in swinging. It's great. Um, so, yeah, those are, those are the two that I've kept returning to. I think I keep... I don't remember if I talked about pigs, 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 you pigs, have. Yep. pigs. Uh, okay, cool. Well, I mean, so uh, that's shit, I don't know if that was on the show or if it was just with us. <laughs> no, I think because uh, I, I recognize that. I, I think that yeah, you Land of Sleeper, show, like but... sludge, sort of like Black Sabbath-y, mm-hmm, yeah. like great. It's great. 
it's great. So a lot of like heavier stuff I've been listening to. Heavier, it's not been that heavy, but heavier uh, than as far usual, as my folk, that's fine, right? As far as about like my folky sensibilities go, it's been uh, as far like far from my Tyler Childers uh, recommendation, uh, which I've ago. been listening to that cover of Help Me Make It Through the Night quite a bit the Bro, last couple of months. It's so, so good. good. So, so thank you for that. Yeah, um, you guys, real quick, have you guys, speaking of Tyler Childers, have you guys listened to, and I know it's been out for a year, but it's just really gaining a lot of momentum now, um, <clears throat> Stick Season uh, from Noah Khan? I no. just added to my to Dude, listen playlist. Megan introduced that yeah. to me about a month ago, and I was like, holy shit, I heard some of this stuff during the summer on TikTok as like sounds. Yeah. And I, I think he's got like a, a Grammy nomination or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Deserves it because that record is heartbreakingly oh, beautiful, and it's the lyrical yeah. content. And he's also really good about kind of stream of consciousness. Um, he'll he'll do he'll use a word and a phrase, and then he'll kind of change it so it's like um, I'm trying to think about it. It's like um in in Dial Drunk, he says like uh, you know. Um, I'll dial drunk. I'll dial drunk. I'll die for you. And I like that that he kind of chops that 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 word play yeah. up in very interesting ways. He does it a lot. Um, it's kind of and it really it tickles my brain in a good way. Fan, fantastic material. Yeah. Oh, good. I, I I just added it over the weekend because everybody's been talking about it. I think it. that Paul Revere right. is my favorite song on that record, by the way. Just okay. I'll have to Paul check Revere. that out. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll yeah. throw Paul Revere on my little playlist of songs for the year as well. You just listen to the whole thing, dude. It's it's an amazing yeah. record and it's long. It's like sixteen songs. Yeah, I was surprised at how long it was, which is nice because I'm like so many albums would get put out where it's like 25 minutes, 30 minutes now. Well, that's but, the tr- that's actually like... how long an album should be. I think that we got bloated yeah. for a while because I've been having that conversation with my drummer. Like, how long do we make the Ichabod record? And he's like, yeah, aim for 25 minutes. And I'm like, I don't know if I yeah. can, but we can try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think if it's a, if it's a good record, I want it to just keep going on and right. on. So I think that oh, like yeah. the things that I, I really gravitate towards are like long storytelling records, mm-hmm. which is whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of long storytelling, we watched The Slayer <laughs> from 1982, <laughs> which ended with a little bit of Christmas. So stay tuned next week where we're going to get about an hour and seven minutes of Christmas. <laughs> Uh, to to wrap oh up the holiday oh season, yeah, yeah Kyle. So, I can't wait. <laughs> so I, stay I tuned. I think that I'm dreading it more than anybody else here. <laughs> <laughs> Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. 
And I'm Tessa, and together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, FemRegard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 